Let's grow science and more grow science on today's Dude Grow Show. What's up, everybody? Got me some special guests. Jaron from New Millennium Nutrients, 5'8". What's up, brother? Hello, hello. Good to be here as always. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always fun. Of course, Grandpa on the mic. What's up, man? What up, boys? I wasn't on the mic. I was on video, but not the mic. Yeah. Oh, we are going to debunk. I was 10, and JR Token got a hold of us now. Yeah. 15 of the top 15 of the top grow science or bro science kind of, uh, well, we'll decipher what they are. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitively, well, maybe not definitively, but we'll decide whether there's any merit to them or not. Yeah, everything from the 72-hour dark period, what was it, uh, uh, swazing, yep. was the 13, was the 13, 11 and 13, yep, yep, yep. Come on, we'll get into it. Less bro science and more grow science. You got it. Uh, do, do me a favor, if you would, Grandpa, let's give some love to Roll It Up. Uh, this I found a lot of these on Roll It Up, and... There were some good ones on there, a ton of fun. So shout out to to that good old roll it up that page forums, baby. Yeah, all right, ready? Shout out to the old school. You ready to get into? All right, all right, all right. All right. Jaron from New Millennium, bro science or real science? Thirty six hour dark period when sw- switching to twelve twelve triggers flowering response quicker. All right, so. Here's the thing. I, I think with that one, there's there's a little bit of bro science and a little bit of real science to it because a plant like cannabis, which is a C3 photoperiodic plant, has something called phytochrome red and phytochrome far red, which are two hormones in the plant. The phytochrome red builds up during the day. Phytochrome far red degrades at night. Okay, so that's how it knows whether it's more of like an 18-6 type of time period or whether it's 12 and 12. Okay, so. I would think in some ways doing that 36 hours, which they like to say critical day period, but really it's critical night period. And that's what it takes to, to actually get a photoperiodic plant to flower. Right. So in some ways, I think it's it's a reset, you know. So do I think you need a full 36 hours? Probably not. I think for a lot of people that just helps them, you know, maybe get back on track. So I do think by regardless, right, if you're on an 18 hours and then you do that beforehand, that phytochrome red is going to degrade all the way back down and for sure it's going to be at zero. Now, does it truly help it to flower faster? Right. That, 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 I'm not totally sure of. Now, if you think about outside, it does only click down like a few minutes a day. Like, let's say from June 21st, which is the summer solstice here in Colorado till about August 15th, sure. it takes that whole time to get from midsummer, longest day of the year, down to where a plant will actually start flowering, which is about 14 hours, you'll, you'll see most of them start flowering. Sure. Um, so, I mean, you could consider that 36-hour a hard reset that I'm not overly sure is necessary, but you're not doing anything wrong either by doing that. So, 36-hour hard reset, bro science, but sure ain't going to hurt anything. Bro science, you're not going to hurt anything. Deal. <laughs> bro science, you're not going to hurt anything. So, how about this one? How about this one as far as bro science or real science? Because mm-hmm. you just just touched on the, what, the phytochrome far reds. Yeah, phytochrome red and phytochrome far red, yeah. So when, and so I'll give you this, is the best time to harvest the plant for maximum terpene level just before dawn or with the lights on? Just before dawn, for sure, so, right? First, in the, first thing in the morning, and that's because so many terpenes are very volatile, and they're volatile to heat and things like that. So they're going to, you're going to lose it over time. You know what I mean? Or you're going to lose it if you let... Um, the lights come up to full heat and everything right. else. So I'm much more of a fan of harvesting in the morning. And I, I actually do consider that to be a uh, real science based on the volatility of terpenes. Now in a real world, which I like to say this all the time, there's, there's 
ideal, mm-hmm. which is harvesting first thing in the morning, and then there's real, which isn't always the same thing. Sure. Just <laughs> you live in the real world. So if you most can. Most of us are home growers. Yeah. So. Most of us are home growers. So if you can, that is ideal. Harvesting right before the lights come on in the morning. The idea is that terpenes volatize off or. or yep. Yep. And, and then absolutely all the secondary metabolites are coming together after it's slept, after it's rested up. That's where it's just at the strongest point. I do believe that's good real science on that one. Excellent, man. Excellent. Okay. Uh you know what? In the spirit of we're just talking about light, mm-hmm. can you be B? Okay, ready? I'll do that. I'll set it up. Jaron, bro science or real science? Can UVB light spectrum increase, promote, or stimulate the production of cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids in some way? Um, uh, I would actually say yes, but that's just the start. Full spectrum UV and actually what we're getting out of the sun. And when actually Dust Lighting Innovations now has a light that has UV A, B, and C in it. The reason I think that that question that was brought up B, uh, B specifically is because that's the only UV you see in LED. And it's a very narrow bandwidth of UVB. And that reason is, go look outside. Don't go look directly at the sun, but what is the sun? It's a burning ball of gas. So literally what it is, right? What's an LED? It's a light-emitting diode. It's just electricity being pushed through a, a plastic. So there's only so much you can do. People think there's mass spectrum control, which there is to a point with that. But once you get into things like UV and far red, it's, it, 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 they don't have the ability to really do that currently, nor do I think they'll really ever be able to truly have UV, A, B, and C full spectrum in an LED. But I believe that's where that that question came from. Right. But positive stresses and things like UV that we know outside are part of the evolutionary process of cannabis and part of the triggering factor of trichromes because really trichromes are like a sunscreen. They're also like a sweater. They do many different things. Sure. Uh, if you look it up in the dictionary, by definition, it's a plant hair. That's it. Um, but that's because it's a very general thing. It just so happens that the cannabinoids that we're after, not just THC, but all cannabinoids, are focused not only in the trichome, but all the way up the trichome stock and the trichome head. That That is something that... Um, you know, who figured that out 6,000 years ago out in some, you know, mountain field site in India? I don't know, but thank God for them. <laughs> because literally, it's you know, that that's what's of horticultural significance in the plant. Right. You know, that's really what we're after is those those trichrome glands, those oils, because that's that's sure. where all the psychoactive properties are at. So then adding a UVB light? I think is not a, I definitely don't think it's a bad thing. I think better would be full spectrum UV uh-huh. if you could. But UVB is a great start, and that's what most people actually have attainable to them. Sure. And that's a great start to starting those positive stresses. Positive stresses create secondary metabolites sure. in the plant, turn on things like SAR, systemic acquired resistance, other things like that, which are also part of um, that that terpene production and flavonoid production. So I, I say I say maybe not the whole story, but the beginning to some real science there. Yep. So adding a UVB light to your grow, real science. Real science. I like it. Real science. <laughs> Real science. <laughs> All right, come on, let's get in. How about the 72-hour dark period before you harvest? So 72-hour dark period, I mean, if you think about it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about harvesting right there first thing in the morning, but it allows you to even do that maybe over time. Like once you've darked it out, and I will say once I've got down to the last couple plants and I know that I'm not going to get through another cycle, shit, I just turn the lights off and then they're, you know, and I'm just pulling them out of the dark. You're not worried about focus? Nah, because I'm not leaving them in there that long and I've still got all my, I still have 
all fans going, and I still have dehumidification going. Got it. Yep, yep. But but I I, I you know again kind of like the the thirty six hour darkness, seventy two hour darkness at the end. And in, in my opinion, I don't see any evolutionary um, tie to outside to say that's a positive stress that they would see that in nature right. to necessarily makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I would say more than anything else, it is going to probably just for ease of harvesting more than anything else. And again. I do believe that that's real science and the fact of, you know, first thing in the morning or right before dawn is the best time to harvest. Sure. So the fact that I believe in that would say that this is really just, I, I mean, kind of, kind of bordering on real science, but again, probably, more of, probably just more for, for ease of ease of harvest. You know what I mean? Bordering on real science. Pass ease, that joint. You know what I mean? I would say, I would say, but again, I, you know, I, I do, I do. Yeah. So I just don't think it's, I just don't think you need to do a full 72 hours right. before you wait. I, that's what I would say. Once you get past that 12 hours, if you want to leave it on and continue harvesting, like say, let's say you have multiple plants to harvest, right. and you're the only guy doing it, as many of you, you know, solo home growers, salute to you are out there. We're doing it all, right? We're, we're watering, we're, we're, we're pruning, we're harvesting, we're trimming, we're doing it all. Sure. Those people, I can only get so many plants down in a day. I got other shit going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for that, I like, I think that's where it probably came into popularity, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. But I'd say it's definitely more bro sides. Okay, we get bro sides. Yeah, we'll go bro sides. Like again, I yeah, bro sides. All right, we'll go. All right. deal. Did we do the eleven thirteen? Does it all okay? Ready, bro science or real science? I feel like I have to be official here. Ready, Jared <laughs> from five eight new millennium. Bro science or real science? Does an eleven thirteen light cycle bring out more phenotypical expression in the cannabis plant? Um. I don't really believe it does, and I'll tell you why. Because, um, again, going back to it's a critical day period versus critical night period. So my mind about all you're doing is saving yourself about an hour of electricity, which isn't the worst thing in the world. However, I will tell you that I've done some of my own experiments personally, and it's not necessarily, I think it's called the gas lamp technique or something like that, which is more like, that's like, 12 on, 6 off, 2 hours on. Like, it's a very aggressive technique, but it plays on the fact that that cannabis is a very sensitive photoperiodic plant. So it's able to use some manipulation, but I... Anyway, I've never really gone into that technique. Right. Now, what I have done is drop down to, like, 10 hours and even 9 hours a day. And what I actually saw, it took my plants longer to flower. So the total... But the total time... When I went back and did the math on it, it was basically the same amount of hours it would have been for sure. if I ran it for 56 days of 12 hours. Okay? Cool. So it wasn't cool, uh, but it was something that I learned. And I kind of equated to like chilling units. It's like, uh, you know, an apple isn't going to start blooming until it's a certain point of chilling units, which is which is hours below 32 degrees. It doesn't matter how many how much uh, frequency the hours are. Just- no. And it's, it's, it's a total number and it could, so if it's over a shorter amount of time, they could early flower it, and then you froze out. And that's why you'll see that happening because it's got those chilling units, which sure. happen often here in Colorado, right? You get like, you know, oh, yeah. good, a good hard couple months of, of a pretty cold. And then you get a few days of like pretty warm in the spring. And then we get a snowstorm. We see all those apples that are popping out and you see the apricots, things like that. Anything that's early flowering, difficult time, early flowering stone fruits have a really difficult time here in Colorado because of that. Um, so I, I think that there, I don't know if specifically to answer the question, I'd say hundred percent pro science to, to sit there and, uh, you know, trying to 
bring out phenotypic expression. To me, that that's not enough of a environment change, if you sure. will, to get a difference in phenotype. You know what I mean? And again, I'm I, I'm a, I'm definitely a believer in positive stresses and using positive stresses to um, produce and, and and accentuate oil production. Right. But I can't see any tie. I can't see any tie to nature with the with the eleven thirteen. You know what I mean? Because it's like you pretty much get to the equator and that's twelve twelve. Yeah. That's where it stops. You know what I mean? And then it, like that's why we use the the whole twelve hour thing. You said the equator is twelve twelve, isn't it? I yeah. Down in Costa Rica, I was just like, when the f is it going to get dark? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like nine something. You know, it's twelve. Yeah, it's twelve twelve. So and it's 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 yeah. I mean, like what, that was interesting when I was in Colombia. It was like pretty early you know i mean bogota is only 300 miles north of the equator right you know ecuador is right next door equator ecuador mm-hmm. hey i don't know if you ever made that connection ecuador. Yeah, ah, 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 ah. but so, hang on i remember it was getting dark late no uh no not you're you like it's it gets dark fairly early but it, what happens is is it stays like dusky for a long long time so it won't be like pure light but it kind of stays it's the same thing with like alaska when it goes like into that really dark period, yeah. it like or even at night when they say it's like uh, light for twenty four hours has more of like a gray. It's not like it never goes black. And even in the summer when it's dark all the time, it's more of a gray than a black because the sun's just under the horizon. Right, right. It's not like on the other side of the earth kind of shit. So it's kind of a similar effect down there. Yeah, just seems to just hang around for a while. But like the main part of like your actual um, when it when it comes to, like plants and actually attainable. You know, uh, uh, usable light from the sun, twelve twelve. That's why I just—I mean—they flower. That's that's they're all. ABF always be flowering out there. So eleven thirteen. Eleven thirteen. I mean, science. So I, I just don't think there's any need to it. So I'd say bro science. I'd say I. Bro science. Yeah, I'd say it's bro science. Okay. I don't see any photosynthesis. The plants are building themselves. My thought is, you give them an even though they're slowing down, and, an hour of less light, whatever it is, one twelfth less light. Sure. But will they have ever seen that evolutionary in their entire life? No. They never have seen that. You know, it never gets lower than 1212. Right. So that's why I say so that's why I always try and look at anytime I see something, I go, okay, where can I tie that to in nature or evolutionarily speaking? How can I tie that to make sense? You know, even if I don't know well, exactly what's going on, you know what I mean? It's like there has to be some reason that it's doing that. You know what I mean? There has to be some trigger that's that's gone and, and it's seen over time to really make it right need to do that. That's not gonna happen in a generation. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's kind of why I look at that and I go, hmm. Hey, and that's just the thing. Again, every single thing in here is my opinion, by the way. You know, I mean? like everybody can refute this. And, and I could be wrong on something. Uh, and I'll be the first one to admit that, uh, yeah, like I'm wrong. Some of these are definitely like you do look at them and it's very interesting because, again, there is some thread of science to it. Because what you got to understand is we don't know shit about plants. Think about when you're driving down to the interstate, how many hospitals you go by? Wait, how many places are there? That, 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 now we do live in a. Now we do live in a place that's Colorado State University. We how, know a lot about plants. No, we don't. No, no, we know very little about plants. It is true. They got that thing that talks to yeah. them on on Facebook. Tr- trust me, when I've been in very high level plant physiology, <laughs> very high level plant physiology classes, it's literally you get two thirds into the semester, and like, oh yeah, um, that's all we know. By the way, the last month, that's all been a guess. A lot of times, they know chemically where something will start and where it ends. Have right. nothing idea what's going on in the middle. We don't really know life. We down. don't know shit about plants. Wow. You, and you got to think: where does all our money go when it comes to really studying things? It goes into, um, it goes into basically human bodies first. So everything's into human medicine first. Right. 
And then pharmacy after that, which by default is all out of the plant world because that's where all of our medicines have come sure. from. But, you know, really the research is, is more into the human side of things and the plant side of things. And then after that, it'd be food crops. So really everything else is just kind of almost secondary to that, but that's what makes the world go round. Plants were here before us and they'll be here after us. You know, they're, they're autotrophs, we're heterotrophs. An autotroph makes its own food. That's what makes a plant very amazing. We create our own, or we have to go find our own food. They sure ate it. You know, they're able to do everything without moving. They, they can have kids, you know, uh, uh, they, they do it all, reproduce everything else, and, and flower out, bam, and never move it out of its one spot. I mean, so that's what makes plants really amazing is, is, is their, their ability to create food, you know? So, again, um, a lot of these things, man, maybe there is a, a shred of truth to it. But, again, the way I like to try and think about it, especially when it comes into these middle zones where it's like, is this total bullshit or does this have some validity? I look at it and go, would this have ever seen it in nature? Because you got to think, only since the 1970s have we been even messing with cannabis indoors. Right. And that was right. only right. based on on everybody being freaked out about Paraquat being sprayed all over everything because the U.S. government was playing Paraquat all over all over Mexico. The human Paraquat? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, and Paraquat, by the way, is an herbicide. Sure. Right? Um, and so that's really where cannabis went indoors. And then we were even talking earlier, which I don't want to get too far off subject, but about selection pressures and really where our original selection pressures came. A lot of it came on, like, what environment were they in or even more specifically, what lighting were they coming out from under because it came from under the sun originally. We had to adapt it indoors and then what was available pretty much street lights originally so when people were doing seed work like a guy like dj short or something like that his early seed work is going to be done under hps lighting yes yes so so for us to even take it out of that situation take it out of an hps situation take it under leds for example and expect it to act the same as it's impossible genotype plus phenotype or genotype plus environment equals phenotype that environmental in large part, a lot of it is obviously nutrient program and things like that. But but you're, you're lighting your environment, everything like that. That's why I always put those two so important at the top. Because, you know, without light, you can't have a plant because, again, it's an autotroph. You got to start somewhere. Light first. That's how it makes its food. If it can't make its food, it's not living. Hydrotrophs, man. <laughs> Next question. Excellent information. I mean, you know, yeah, I know I'm kind of going off on some... Tangents there, but you know, After just great time thinking about still. you know, just thinking about plants and like how they operate. You know, it, I think helps us understand cannabis more when we think about plants more as as a as a larger group. You know, you got C three plants, you have C four plants, you have can plants. So you really want to break it down. C three is what's most abundant. Cannabis is a C three plant. All that means is that that's the first carbon that's created when it's creating uh, um, sugar, which is C6H12O6, which is the, the product of photosynthesis, okay? Hydrotrophs. So uh, a C4 plant, which is basically grasses and things like that that grow very, very fast. The only thing of horticultural or agronomic significance would be corn and sorghum. Everything else is basically a grass. It's a C4 plant. They actually re uh, respond a lot more to like heavy CO2, which is why you see corn every year going on. It's not because we have better genetics because we have more CO2 out there. So it's a C4 plant. It's going to take it all more. Anyway, look it up. Uh, last is a can plant, and can plants are desert plants. And what they do is they, they to, to as, a, as a mode of, of retaining their moisture, they keep their stomata closed during um, the day and do all all of like their gas exchanges stuff sure. at night. And that's like, so anyway, like that's that's your three, you know, break down your three styles of plants. But what we're dealing with is the C3 photoperiodic plants. So understanding that in general helps us understand cannabis more. So 
Next question. So 1113, light style, real science, or bro science? Bro science. No. I think I already said that. I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was awesome, man. Don't, uh, uh, sometimes I'm looking away. I got stuff going on in the studio. Please don't misinterpret that as uh, no, no, I, interested. That is exactly what I was, I love learning from your brother. Well, I appreciate that. No, I mean, and like, I enjoy, I truly enjoy the teaching end of, of sales and the teaching end of being a part of New Millennium and being a part of, you know, just, being a part of this industry for as long as I've been, you know? Sure. I was lucky enough to be in a horticulture school uh, right when literally cannabis went legal here in Colorado. I graduated in 2011, and, and we went legal in 2012. So, so it was, I mean, you know, vi- victim of opportunity, you know. Was, I was going to say, Mark, a genius. <laughs> but, you know, so so I was, you know, I've been lucky enough to, like, take that and, you know, and, and, and really be able to parlay it directly into – the canvas world and help people just have a higher level of understanding because I think there's so many people out there that just think like that that you know cannabis is so different and unique and special and it is but you can also think about it as like it's not it's it's just like every other plant too I became a good grower I became a real grower pun intended when I learned to treat it like a plant but it's lamb putting it and put it on this pedestal or whatever. Yeah. You know, grow, micro, and bloom, and this chemical and that chemical. Sure. Start treating it like a plant. Sure. And let it be itself. Again, they're 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 smarter than we are, guys. You know what I mean? Uh, evolutionarily speaking, hereafter, or they're here before us, but hereafter is, you know. So for us to even overthink plants is why I don't like people to even like, well, I think it's got this problem. Well, is anything else going wrong? No, it's great. Didn't. Pick off that leaf and don't worry about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, hobby. don't overthink it. Yeah, it's, it's it's a hobby. And, and and you know, and keep it a hobby. Keep it something you guys love. You know what I mean? I think, I think you know, and actually I think we have a, a question coming up a little bit about uh, like energy and plants and being music and being positive. Well, well let's do it. Like, uh, well, what, or what, what is the question? Grow science or real science? Hanging out in your grow and playing music in your grow uh, will benefit your plants. Well, okay, I've got a couple of things about that. First off, uh, I think there's absolute validity to it, but let me explain that a little bit. First off, if you read The Secret Life of Plants, and I suggest anybody that's oh, yeah. out there, you will, and it, it, you'll, your mind will be blown in the first chapter, and I'm not going to give anything away about it. They talk to each other. But, like, it's the, the communicate, like, just a wake-up scene. Yeah, man. Woo. Okay, so just that alone. I look at it and go, well, if you've got positivity coming to it, like, and you're putting that out there, I, I believe that there, there, there can be something going on. Here's another interesting study that I believe was done in like, I don't know, it was something like uh, the 50s, 70s, something like that. It was done a while ago, but it was basically had people that were uh, yelling um, negative things at water, and then they, oh, and I, then they froze the at water, water, and at water, at water. But think about how much water you are. You're like 90% water. Think about how much plants water. Okay, so but listen to this. So. In in if they were yelling negative things out, they went and froze it. And when they went and they thawed it out and they put it on a petri dish and they were watching it turn in these black co- uh, globules, negative right. one. They did it the same thing, but what we're throwing uh, positive things at it. And guess what it turned into? Snowflakes, like these beautiful ice rhythms. So it's like I mean, and so if you look at it just about that, I mean, we're so much water. Here's the thing: there's so much power in in in. I mean, the hey. po- the polarity of water. Just that alone, the polarity of water and the way it operates chemically is what makes life possible, period. For real. For real. 
Look, at coincidentally, my water is in a loving in her eyes. Shout out. Shout out to loving in her eyes. And this one of the best growers out there. And that's an example of someone that hangs out in their grow room with their plants. And it's not because it gives them supplemental CO2. Although that's not a bad byproduct. And if you really have CO2, it's not the difference, man. No, it's not. It's positivity. Yeah. I you know, do believe that they're living things. I used to have this like, well, they are living things, absolutely. But I also believe that there, it's more than that. I believe that there's more going on there, right? And, and there's been actually proof. Again, the secret life of plants is like absolutely insane. It'll blow your mind. But, you know, I used to have this theory about cannabis, you know, and about when people started, they started for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. If they're starting for the right reasons, it's for them, it's for their own medicine. Like I know you showed me a, a guy that we're going to talk to him that's growing in a two by two and doing his own medicine and hats off to you, bud. Shout out to David Johnson. You know, she, I, I, hats off, you know I mean? Great job. That's what I, that's what I'm talking about. And guess what? She's giving him positive results because he's, he's putting out positive vibes. I used to always say, look, if you're just getting into this for money, Cannabis is a female, no offense, ladies, but she can be a fickle, fickle and prude bitch. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say woman. <laughs> and and if you don't it's a two-way street. I really I like it. I've always and this is well before I read anything on it, had any evidence about it whatsoever. That I thought if you go in for the wrong reasons and you were being negative about it, because I had seen people with the right genetics, the right room, the right everything. And it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't. It just wasn't there. The results weren't there. And and I I I couldn't attest it to anything other than like some hippie ass. Like you know what? They need some positivity. I mean that's all I had. And I, I, I the only thing I could figure was that she was just you know if you didn't treat her right, she was going to treat you right. I had a difficult time running multiple. My brother trip back in the day. Used to go from grow to grow to grow in an yep. empty house or a warehouse. Right. And uh, without spending any time there, I had a hard time doing good grows. I will say that that was back in the day when I didn't treat it like a plant, though. Right. I treated it. You like treated it like a commodity and treated it like yeah. money. And it was, yeah, yeah, 100%. And I get it. And and, and no knock on anybody, the way, for, for like, you know, uh, um, Doing that, right? Because we've all done things for, for whatever reason, supporting our families, supporting our lifestyles, whatever. I'm just saying that I had seen those kind of results anecdotally in cannabis being in a positive situation versus more of uh, 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 using her in, in what I consider to be a more negative situation. You so, go into commercial, bros. You think it affects the quality of commercial weed? Absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely, I think it affects quality. Yeah, I think it's more than just program. You know what I mean? Because I've also seen people that do it right and really come out with some, you know, fantastic product on a commercial level. Sure. You know, um, but I think it necessitates, like I even remember when I was, you know, I was in school and I was doing an internship and, and we were planting flats of seeds, veggie seeds. And before we'd water out, put them away, the guy I was with would put his hand specifically on every part of the tray right. to just imp- Put some energy back into it, you know, and and so like that goes along with like um, I mean, not exactly, but they've got that paramagnetism, which right. is the moon is pulling. Sure, you sure, it, so sure, it. sure, and and there's a lot of you know biodynamic farming techniques biodynamic, that are yeah. that are involved in that. Which, if you think about it, and the push and pull and the wax and wane and tides and everything else, I think there's. I think there's absolutely some validity in that. Got it. I mean, I think there's got to be, but I think there's because you also think about it. When were people planting? 
based off the sun, moon, and stars. They weren't planting off of a computer. They weren't planting off of a calendar. So almost by just that fact alone, shit's got to work. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Good point. <laughs> Every once in a while, I hit a good point. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, a lot of the things here that I have been wondering about for years... And, uh, oh, by the way, JR Token helped me a bunch. Once I said, hey, I'm going to do a show. We're going to do a show on bro science versus real science. He went nuts on the format. So here's Thanks, one. Thanks, JR. Always appreciate you, brother. Absolutely, man. Here's one that I think is uh, a good one. Schwazing? Schwazing. Yeah, Schwazing. Tell us what it is first. Bro well, science or real science? I mean, okay, bro science or real science. I, I, I consider, like, I believe that Schwazing was like, like literally all the way to the end. I mean, leaving maybe two or three nodes and that's it and living, eliminating every single family, period. Gotcha. Somebody in the community can correct me on that if they'd like. I am a pruner for sure. So I think some of those techniques are at least getting in that direction. I 100% believe in pruning. And part of that, think about an apple tree. They take off a third to two thirds of those apples to get the biggest, best ones. That's a technique that's used in horticulture. They're going to go in and take roses off and keep the biggest, best ones commercial. So why wouldn't well, it work? They're removing every leaf, right? They are removing every leaf. I don't know, but they're also what? they're they're removing every fan leaf. They're leaving nodes, so they're yes. leaving nodes. But they're also taking it up. I mean, me personally, I do a double trellis, sure, and I'll take off every fan leaf and node up to basically the bottom trellis. No nodes, no nuttering, sure. and then from there, I'll relieve a good part of fan leaves. So, so my thought on that is that. Plants need to photosynthesize. Totally. Use light to make. That's always been my, that's always my original argument. Only when I did and I actually saw bigger, more quality buds on what I had left over did did I, and and they'll pop out families rather quick. And you also got to understand anything that's green is photosynthetic. Really? That's what I was going to ask. Everything that's green. itself are photosynthetic. They're photosynthetic. So, so, and, and the the way I understand it, those big families kind of go more to like, the whole plant. Okay. Whereas the ones that are coming directly off a node sure. are going straight to the to the uh the butt site itself. Okay. Look at me, Grandpa, I'm tripping, man. Hey, so 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 I there is definitely some 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 science practicality in, in horticultural know how. Sure. In I I don't maybe I just don't like the expression. But um I also think that schwazing or whatever is like the extreme. Uh, yeah. Like that's the extreme or whatever. Uh uh, I keep throwing my hand on the right side, unfortunately. Uh, but pruning, proper pruning techniques, absolutely real science in that. That's the real science in that. Excellent. So schwazing will we'll go I'd not say, so aggressive. I'd say not so aggressive. Okay. I'd say good. I'd say good pruning techniques are, are are well utilized and well worth it. I mean, like basically what we've always called is like the day twenty pruner. I even know some people will go in. I don't want to say calf does another like day 40 or something. Where I get in there. Yeah, I used to. It's too, it, for me, I'm like, that's just too much work, man. I, I, I do a pretty heavy one on 20 and just let it ride. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. So pretty heavy defoliation you grow. If you don't know, Jared, it grows amazing weed. It's his calling card. <laughs> it's my business card for sure. That's right. <laughs> so day 21, you're taking most of the family. I'm taking most of the family. Was I leaving a few? Um... Or no I'm leaving ones that like are pretty like in there and attached. Any ones that are just like real bums of the big leaves. Yeah, go, gone. Gone. Hey, man, I was doing that a while ago when it was a commercial grower, man. Mm-hmm. And my plants hated me. I told you. <laughs> yeah. In the day right. before I treated them like I, I know, and that's that's a tough thing. Sometimes you do think about that. You're like, oh, I'm just like ripping all its leaves off. 
but it's for the greater good. All right. I mean, like, I don't know. I think he's like, they, that see, game, you know what I mean? Harden up. Yeah, harden, yeah, harden her up. I mean, it's kind of like a, a metaphor for the human body, right? Like working out. Is it is. Yeah, you're you're breaking breaking muscle. I know that. You build back strong. 100%. 100%. I, 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 think that's, I think that's a wonderful analogy as well. That's sure. literally part of, you know, part of it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, 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 uh, I know it seems aggressive, but I also prefer that over like, I mean, I think if you're doing heavy topping and things like that too late, you can mess with some hormones and stuff like that. I'm okay with doing some super crop and stuff like that. But yeah, day 20, and I, and I like to put them into flour having had a, a decent little cleanup. I mean, honestly, I'll go through and just just for air movement and stuff, take off a decent amount of families, even a veg every once in a while. Sure. Just to- Well, they can regenerate. Yeah, and they'll regenerate a decent amount of flour. But think about it too, you're also getting rid of a bunch of shit that, that you're not going to have to get rid of later. You know, ah, it's true. Popcorn <laughs> crap. I mean, yeah, that's the other thing. Popcorn, like, it got to the point where I mean, I remember back in the day when I didn't do any pruning, and I'm, I, I specifically even remember the original, uh, you know, Jorge's uh, Grow Bible. I want to say was like what they pretty much suggested, and there was no pruning. So, uh, uh, who said that? Yeah, I've had Jeff Lowenfeld say that to me, and God love him. Yeah, it's Jeff's a good, good friend of New Millennium, good friend of ours. Um, but he's definitely. Here's the thing. Talk guy. I like to I like to look at it from both sides. I like to look at not only the the whatever empirical evidence or or factual or cultural evidence is out there, but I also look at that. Well, anecdotally, what is it doing to the plant? You know, Neil is a, has always been a very applied scientist who's the, you know, the man, the myth, and, and the formulator behind New Millennium, and he's always been a very applied scientist. Put it on the plant, let the plant tell you. You know, it's gonna tell you if it worked or not. It's gonna tell you if it liked it or not. You know, rather than spending too much time on the whiteboard, wondering what the hell is going to happen, throw on the plants. Right. See what happens. So, I I like to still be open-minded enough to go, man, because I'll tell you right now, originally, I was, those are the solar panels. Why in God's name would you take yeah, off? Yeah, for me, I don't Like, and, uh, I was with you. I was with you. Uh, proofs in the pudding. And, and again, I started thinking about a little bit more like apples and just like really concentrating what I wanted into a bigger, better fruit. The only reason I will agree with you, or at least what I'm thinking, since every part is photosynthetic, yep. if you are just getting energy directly to that bud, even if it's a fraction of the uh, you know right. overall surface area, it's the same amount of energy, and it's right where it needs to. Right where you want to. Doesn't have to get distributed throughout the whole floor. Right. So I. So again, that's why I also do think there's some real science to that. Because you're also taking all that shadow and you're let you're now allowing the light to get right to that bud site. You know, and it's at a point where I'll do it as early as like 17 days or something like that if sure. I'm using decision, because decision gets some really like flipped fast, which is also the reason I don't do the 36 hour thing. I get them I get them going sure. right away. But but that I'm using a product to do so. Um and decisions used right there at flip, literally only for the first couple of days, and you go right into full bloom nude, so it's really, really easy to use. I just want you to acknowledge, Graham. Oh, I trust me, I'm looking at I don't know. He's on it. He's on it. I I do like that I can see it on the computer because I can see it in the corner of my eye. You're good. Grambo. <laughs> Thanks, Grambo. Um, but you know, with, with with products like that, you know, I can even once I get 
good bud sites going, and you'll you can physically see at that point. Look at the size of ones on top. Look at the popcorns on bottom. Oh yeah, and those top popcorns take energy. Yeah, absolutely. Going into your edibles, they take energy. Yeah, well, and the thing is, back in the day, I used to have when I didn't trim, I had like three buckets basically. It was like the tops, the middles, and the larf. Yeah, I have nothing but tops anymore. This is all I have anymore. I don't give any opportunity. I don't. No, yeah, no, I don't. All that larf, that larf takes energy. Bye bye. Only by magic. No, no, no. And and I just you know. I'm trying to get the most out of my plants, most expression out of my plants. And yeah, I mean, plus again, going back where it's when it's a one man show, I don't want to spend all day trimming, you know what I mean? Larf. <laughs> no. I'll be honest. I don't. <laughs> if it was there, I wouldn't I wouldn't trim it. Have you ever grown autoflowers? I have not grown autoflowers. I did see that question in there and I it does it hey, does make let, some sense. Let me let me officially let's do it. Let's question. do it. Let's do it. Jerry, bro science are real science. Once an autoflower taproot hits the bottom of the pot, it'll start to flower. Okay. I think there's validity to that, and I think there's real science to that. And let me tell you why. Okay. Um, Who's going to keep smoking? I swear. Uh, so See what seed- happens by number 15. <laughs> <laughs> seeds, uh, seeds do throw taproots, okay? So the difference is a clone's going to th- throw a fibrous root system. A seed's going to throw a taproot system. Right. So... Knowing that it is so sensitive to flowering, and I know the Cortez is out there, and you know, you know please comment on on the on the show if you can. But uh, he might have a little more opinion that because they're so sensitive to flowering, it makes total sense to me that they would throw a taproot down, they would hit that bottom and go, "Yep, time's now." You know what I mean? Just because that's they're they're looking to flower, they're trying to flower. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I haven't worked with autoflowers a lot. I've been seeing a lot more of them on the East Coast. I don't know if some of the East Coast listeners out there, kind of what their, you know, what their feeling is, but I've been seeing a lot more on the East Coast. And I'm not sure why. Typically, I used to only see them really in Spain mostly. When I was over in Barcelona, you'd see a lot of autoflowers because they just, right. you know, they're throwing stuff out there and just kind of letting it ride. Here's why I think it's cool. Uh, shout out to Minnesota. They just went legal this week. Oh, yeah. So you get one grow tent. You get a four by four grow tent. You put some uh, three three gallon pots in there with some auto flowers. Sure. You can just keep on throwing seeds in there if you stagger them, you know, two, three weeks and just have yourself a perpetual harvest without having to know so much. I mean, if you. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I mean, I'll tell you, it takes a lot more time, effort, know how doing it the way we've done it our whole lives than it is. You know, the, the autoflower game. And I think the autoflowers are really approachable for a lot of people. And now I know like Mephisto is out there doing well. Night sure. Owl is out there doing well. There's tons of great autoflower. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not, it used to be like, and I don't, I don't have enough knowledge on that subject to know why, but it used to just seem like hemp. You know what I mean? And it was like that. Uh, it had to approve them, man. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. It, yeah. Like anything. And it, and it, and it definitely took See, a while. It's like the Civic. Because <laughs> it, it's the ruderalis in it. That, that was that was always that was my speculation. Yeah. yeah, I've never I've never actually encountered actual ruderalis plant. Sure, I remember uh, always that was always like my ace in the hole whenever I wanted to sound like a smart weed nerd. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you know about ruderalis? Oh, or Afghanica? It's cool. It's cool word though. Yeah, it's a cool word. Start a Metallica cover band called Afghanica. <laughs> Ruderalis. I just want to be a heterotrope. <laughs> There's yeah. a metal band called Cannabis Corpse. If oh, okay, if not, no, it's a cannibal yeah. corpse. Heck no, it's Cannabis Corpse. The <laughs> Amerity. Like, so check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got? What I do mean, we got? You know what, man? I'm gonna take this time as a 
Shameless plug for root growers, man. So we're here for You know what? No, that is not. We are. <laughs> Just kidding. Real growers and grow dots do pay the bills. And man, I got to shout out to Minnesota. I was going to ask you because they just went legal. Grandpa, I don't know if we should put that in post or not, but on the six o'clock evening news, they're starting to teach you how to grow weed. Well, there's this like hippie kid. No and way. Like, so that's in Minnesota. Yes. Like cannabis oh. plants are photosensitive. And I'll just like, dude, this is happening on the nose. That's amazing. Shout out Minnesota. Yeah. So there's also, we were just talking about auto flowers, how easy they can be. Uh, that's my mantra. It's just to make growing really, it's a mantra, isn't it? This might Well, I mean, but tomato, tomato. You know. <laughs> it's making growing easy. Yeah. So it's yeah. a two-part system here. Uh, it makes growing super simple. I will say a couple things that I do use. If I mess up or something, yeah. I will use that green sensation every now and then. Oh, yeah. That's actually when I'm transplanting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gateway jug, man, the winter. Good old winter frost. Yep. There's no way. There's no reason not to use that. No, no, that's definitely, it's one that's just going to help bring out the, whatever phenotypic expressions right. within the plant's going to help bring it out. It's going to finish everything. Yeah, it's an easy Yeah. One. And dude, come on, look at the real buckets over there. We're doing a little course with the real buckets. Uh-huh. Those plants look good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Damn, they look good. Damn, man. <laughs> All right, that's the end of my commercial, man. I love the, I do love the real buckets. That's like, you know, it's a system you've been doing on a personal level for so long, it's like, I okay. swear to you, I don't want to sell buckets, but that stupid system with buckets inside buckets works so damn good that I, I'll shake. Hey, man. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I'll make, make it available. Yeah, plus I can put recharge and grow dots in. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> All right, man. Okay, ready? This ready. is a classic one. This one, I... I all right, I'll let's see if you know anything about it. All right, let's go. We got? Stabbing a stake or a nail through the stalk. Makes plants stress and brings out more trichomes. I've heard this little. Well, this is definitely bro science. I've heard this for hundreds of years. I just say that's one that's like, and I, I think that was an early attempt at, and at creating positive stresses for oil production. <laughs> yeah, I was meaning it could be a stress thing. To me, I go okay. If you're stabbing it through the middle, you know, you're like stabbing right through the xylem, which is where all the water comes up. So it's definitely gonna like. Piss it off for a second. What about super cropping? Super cropping, you're stressing a plant pretty heavy. You're you are taking the the outside. You know? Sure, sure, sure. No super cropping, you're definitely you're definitely stressing the plant. Maybe not quite as bad. I mean, I know I've had stuff where you know, at, let's just say if that went wrong, I've had stuff right there at that at that soil level where I killed plants. You know, wherever it's just like maybe something just right. I don't know. We detach sure. a little bit at that soil level. Sure. It just seems to be a sensitive area. Now, granted, if you're talking a big, strong plant, what about in veg? I mean, what if they, is it something, I don't know, hormonally, I, does something happen when you damage the roots like that? We got to put that one on the maybe list. I mean, that, that, that the thing, again, going back to what my earlier statement on saying, I'm not going to knock it because I, 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 I can't find a... I understand, I think, the reasoning, which is the stress reasoning. Right. Um, I I can't find a way or reason, horticulturally speaking, that I would that I would see a purpose in that. But I'm also not so ignorant to say, oh, there's no way in hell that's going to work until I've seen it. You know what I mean? So I, I, to me, anecdotal evidence is still evidence. And after all, we are in the cannabis world. So it's true. You know, how many white papers do you get to read on cannabis? You know what I mean? We're literally creating the data sets 
us, you guys, everybody. We're we're creating the data sets for cannabis. This is the, the the best management practices to be in P of cannabis does not exist. Yeah, the guy that designs the grow dots with me is like we're learning as we go. Yeah. You know, there's no if, ands, like, again, you know, when you have a, oh, I want to grow a chrysanthemum, it's cool. Here's the BMPs. This is going to tell you exact MPKs. going to tell you the light treatment's worth. It's going to tell you, going to tell you everything. Yeah. Yeah, the technology's there, but specifically right. tuning it for cannabis. Yeah. That's, you know, that's where, you know, and even we were talking a little bit earlier about, like, even the mechanization, you know, that's that's absolutely lacking. This is a different place. This isn't cherries. This is a corn. This is something that even in a, a hemp biomass situation, when you're doing and running it through machinery over, like, you know, a larger amount, you're going to have some issues with machinery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and I know people that were in the hemp industry and, and, and that we all saw that boom bust, you know, and I don't think it's complete bust. And I think it'll be back on some level, but part of it honestly was the mechanization. Yeah. We were having to adapt things. You can't go to the Tulare farm show and say, where's the canvas section. I want to see where the harvesters are at. It's true. Not yet. Not yet. Imagine hanging out. The high school kids hang out and clean the blades of the harvester. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's like licking the spoon after. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> it's free weed. It's not glamorous, but it's free weed. It's not glamorous. It's weed. All right. Come on. This is good, man. Thank you. All right. You're, you're flexing my brain here. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> when do we got? I'm doing it. You were just letting that joint go, so I decided to just yeah. chief on it. Yeah, a little bit. And yeah, yeah, no good. <laughs> All right, I'm learning stuff here, man. Bro, science or real science? This is a fun one. This is an old school bro science. Hanging a whole plant upside down forces THC down into the butts. This, yeah, this is the one that I've heard. I've heard that for like, yeah, you got hang upside down. That is. For nothing more than convenience, the THC is not going anywhere. It started in the in the trichrome head. It's staying in the trichrome head. How about moisture, though? Is it um, moisture down there in their buds? Is gravity full of moisture? I don't think even, even moisture is really going to be moving through it at that point because you're cutting off this island, so it's losing all kind of, you know, basically at that point. He says osmotic pressure. You got us. <laughs> uh, you're, you're definitely losing the, the um, you know, water has like a, a magnetism to it, you know, that'll keep pulling along. We've broken that chain, so it's not really moving water through it anymore. So really that moisture is more moving to the outside of the buds as opposed to like running down any type sure. of, uh, uh, um, you know, um, pathway system. So um, uh, total bro science, that's all about convenience. Um, I yeah. like the way it looks too, the way to oh, fold great. over and protect the trichome. Yeah, no, no, it's that's great. That's real science. Uh, yeah, well, totally real science. My buddy used to always call them roll bars, which I kind of, nah. he would like, which in the way he did it, he would take it and, you know, hang them full plant. And then take them down to, you know, one big branch at a time and put them in like uh, plastic bins and basically just trim as needed. But it really did help preserve the inside because it's sure. not, you know, it's knocking around on the family as a shit rather than getting right to, you know, right to the icky. Yeah, I do like hanging full plant or as big of branches as I can to keep as much moisture just flowing through that thing. I, I, I and now people are going <laughs> to, might get, I might get criti- uh, you know, criticized for this, but hey. Check out my herb and tell me. Um, <laughs> I I wet trim, and I know like a lot of people on the wet trim, dry trim. Yeah, <laughs> don't look at me like that. I should spit out my dick. No, that's I mean whatever. And, no, I know, but but, but but part of that is no arguing with that. Well, there's arguing with this for sure. Um, but the, well, the reason I do is for many reasons, but in part, why well, can't? Um, 
I'm going to have to take it down branch by branch at some point. So I just take it down branch by branch. And I have it. I leave it as big a branch as I can. Right. To Especially here in Colorado, slow down the drying process. But um, I like to get it all processed and done. So when it comes out, I put it in a gam- I put it in a buckets, gamma lid, and it's ready to rock. So I do all wet trimming. But it's also, I'm the only one that trims it, so nobody else does. So it's... I'm the pretty- dry trimming really is about protecting the trichomes. Yeah, and yeah, and just and a slower, slower, slow. Leave as much moisture around yeah. that as possible yeah. to keep it. it it's down. a messy trim, though. I'll tell you, like when everything's that dry, it's a messy. Well, trim. Come on, wet, wet trimming with your scissors and. No, I've got it pretty down. You can't. You can. What you can't do is is leave it out too long. If you leave it out too long, it gets like super like live, and then it's not like all turgid anymore. That becomes a really difficult trim. Yeah. So you have to like you have to take it down and and wet trim it right away. So that's the one thing I'll do is like I don't like harvest some of it and then like work through it. It's like I'll take down a plant, work through that plant for the hour or two or whatever, right, and then move on to the next plant just to keep everything like nice and dirty because otherwise it'll like within you know eight six eight hours mm-hmm. it'll start getting pretty like limp and difficult oh, yeah. to deal with. <laughs> All right, good. All right, so. Bro science. Bro science. But I still do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still hang it up. I mean, there's no there's, there's no problem in the technique as far as, like, it's more convenient to sure. it down. Okay. But it's not doing anything. It's so hang your blades upside down, but not so the TAC drips into the butts. Hey, yeah, right. Just to keep more moisture in your butt. There you go. That's, a, that's such a funny one. Where was it? Like, where was the THC that it's dripping in? Yeah, where is it? Look, I had to put some classic bro science. That was a classic one. That was definitely a classic one. Now, okay, I'm, here's another one. You've heard that one forever. I'm not sure about. Ready? Pour, pour ice water on your plants for stress and bring out colors. So, bro science or real science? Um, I actually think that's that's a stress technique that does seem to work. Obviously, it's not going to bring out colors that that aren't there. Much like Winter Frost, it's not going to magically magically make colors appear. But right. there's some purple in there, um, you know, especially anthocyanin and things like that that are uh, triggered by cold. A lot of times, I I could definitely I could definitely see that. Uh, I've never done it. Um, Is yet. that anthocyanins, the purple? Yeah, they're triggered by cold. They are, yeah. and we know that. Uh, yeah. You know, Okay. And in part triggered by cold. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, and obviously, shit, if the color's in there, we want to bring it out. I mean, I'll, I'll throw another uh, shameless plug out there for winter frost. I, I, I'm able to do that without stressing the plants. Lad. So I used winter that second last week right. with Ruby, and it'll get that more color, more oil, more individualization of your strains. So I think it, it, it not only brings out the color, but does help bring out a couple other things. Whereas the, uh, the, um, the, the water technique, guys, water technique, I think sure. it's really just for color. And I will say, again, anecdotally speaking, because I'm, I'm still open to that, um, I made a post one time on one of my old pages um, with a Gorilla Glue bud that was uh, pretty nicely purpled out, and I rarely have I got it to purple out like that. Okay. So I mentioned something about Winter Frost, and this is when Josie Wales was still alive, but he complimented it back. He's like, oh, yeah, you could definitely get that kind of color out of her by using uh, ice baths. So, interesting. So that's what he said. So I've never done it. Um, I know people have done it. Um, I know good growers that do it. Um, I get those kind of effects and more with winter frost. So yeah. So I guess maybe I just tricked the okay. thinking I'm doing it. Any other tricks? Any other tricks you got? Oh, I've got two. I've those two pretty good ones, man. Cold temperatures, easy enough to put some ice on the roots. The last yeah. ten days, you're saying. 
I do, maybe even like a little bit later, but yeah. Last week. Yeah, last week, something like that. Yep. And uh, Winter Frost, what, 10 days, two weeks before? Yeah, seconds last week. So you literally use it if you think about it as a pre-flush. So gotcha. Uh, if you're on an eight-week schedule, you'd feed through six, whatever you want to feed it with. It works with any line. Cool. You'd come in week seven with it and then flush week eight. And I know there's a flush equation. I'll, I'll go right into it. <laughs> okay. So right. you can start it out. Go for it. All right. Jared from New Millennium 5.8, grower of dank nugs. The two-week flush is is the two-week flush bro science or real science? Um, I definitely look at it as real science, but let me establish a couple things. Hey, the two-week flush, by the way, is not using nutrients your last two weeks and an eight-week strain. That's 25% of the time. Do I have that wrong? I did the math. So, no, you don't have that wrong. Now, here's what I will say. Uh, a couple things. One, when I say flush, I just mean watering as normal without nutrients, okay? Okay. So, I don't mean the old school, which this is kind of an old one too, you know, that, that oh, uh, put a, you know, dump twice as much water as this, the, as a bucket will hold of water, whatever. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here, folks. When I say flush, and that's, I like to make that difference because that sure. can be a little bit confusing. So, when I say flush, I mean just stop adding water. Feeding. Yes. Stop feeding. So I do a two-week flush with winter frost being the pre-flush. So you do have about 0.5 EC on that, and then I go into just straight water for the last seven to ten days. Will you help me out with something? Mm -hmm. There's a scale of 500 and, and a 700. 700. So one EC can either be 500 ppm or, or 700 ppm. That's why I use ppm. How do you know what they're talking about? No, that's why you should use EC. That's electroconductivity. That's a scientific standard. But what is the, I understand. So how do I know what doesn't European use 500 and we uh, use 700 or something? Uh, I mean, there is some, I mean, it might even be the other way around, but there's no rules to that. That's why. That's okay. So, so. And nothing on a bottle is ever going to tell you so, if you're on the 500 scale or 700 scale. So that's why you use EC. Okay. Got it. Got it. That, that's why you don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Damn it. All right. So, so yeah, uh, EC, electroconductivity, that's a scientific standard. Exactly for the reasons that we're saying. Right. You know, New Millennium, I believe, is off the 500 scale, but literally don't even quote me on that because sure. I always tell everybody EC because why Why have the confusion? You know, yeah. and, uh, PPM is just some kind of conversion of electrical conductivity. Yeah, and it's parts per million. You know, why it's 500 or 700? I couldn't even tell you that. I don't even know. Right. I don't even know. I, where, where, I, it's like, how could that even be different? Great question. <laughs> Great question. Nice but conversion. I, I definitely... I definitely do a two-week flush, but again, I use winter frost as that pre-flush. Sure. Because you will crash plants out too early if you do just straight water, plain water for the last need two weeks. Feed, I mean, now, if you want to go into like nine weeks and ten weeks, sometimes, you know, getting a little more residual. And if you think like things like soil that does have residual to it, sure. and cocoa has a pretty high EC as well, or sorry, CEC, cation exchange capacity, which means it has a fairly high ability to hold nutrients. There's actually a lot more that you build up over six weeks than you'd think. How much are plants feeding the last twenty five percent of their flowering period? I don't. I don't personally believe a whole lot. I really look at it as like a bell curve. Once you get to the back side of it, it's pretty much like what's happened has happened. You know, the 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 mass part of uptaking, and I can typically even see it in my reservoir. You know, because a plant's not really like. It, it's weird. It's not going out. It does have proton pumps it has certain things to be able to bring in certain nutrients, but. Uh, nitrogen is the only water-soluble one. That comes in by mass flow. Everything else comes in by diffusion. Diffusion is a chemical process of electron exchange over the soil colloid and into the root zone, right? But it still has to be exchanged even with the root. If it's called proton pumps. It pumps out these little H pluses yeah, and then it switches out for... <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
they they switch out for cations, right? Because that's a it's a positively charged uh, particle. It's cation. So it so it kind of is able to like, but it can't say, oh, I want potassium or oh, I want phosphorus. It's it's like it's not that specific. So really, all you can do is put everything available to it and kind of let you know let it all happen. Yeah. Uh, you know what are those specific? Soil microbes. Well, soil microbes, <laughs> but even with soil microbes, with things like that, so they're eating up all the nitrogen first, and actually, sure. you know where the plant gets the nitrogen from? People think, like, the microbe shits it out. It's not like that at all. You know what it is? It's a nitrogenous basis. It's DNA and RNA. After the microbes die, the plant actually Yeah, it's them. their body. Yeah, it's their body. It's, yes. their actual, it's their DNA that's actually being taken up. So that's why if you put it in, like, a field situation or even in your pot, you actually lose, especially if you have a good microbe situation, the nitrogen level goes down originally yeah. and then ends higher later on. So my choices in marketing are it's uh, bacteria poop or, or it's their dead bodies. Yeah, it's not the best marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't make the rules. Okay? The dead body. I don't make the rules. All right. <laughs> I don't All right. make the rules. But so two- I, would say, I would say a two-week flush, if you're doing a two-week flush in Rockwell or something like that that has a very low kind of exchange, you're going to be absolutely screwed. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think people can definitely start tapering down and going in. I'm not a fan of doing two or three OEC all the way to the end. Some of these crop steering guys out there will just run super hard. Typically, you will see that, though, in a lot of times in a, in a Rockwell situation. Um, I like I like a good long flush. Um, again, uh, there's, 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 but I do use winter for a whole week before that, too. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm usually like seven to ten days out adding new, uh, nutrients. Sorry, it's just thinking of the memes. Likes a good long flush. <laughs> oh, they're coming. That's mean. That's mean. They're coming. All right, dude, we're knocking these out. We're knocking them out. We're knocking them out. Thank you, man. Thank you. Oh, oh here's yeah. one that I thought was interesting. All right, bro science or real science? True living soil sun-grown plants have a different chemistry in the gland head. They're the same identical variety grown in a, grown in a hydroponic system. So I would say I think there's some real science to that, and that's just, again, going back to where we earlier were talking about UV, A, B, and C, and having that full spectrum of sun and the reactions that you're going to get and the, the, the initiation of secondary metabolites and different things are going to be happening, not only from the sun, but also in living soil situations. Yeah. So um, the exact differences, I, 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 I couldn't begin to necessarily um, comment on, but I would almost say, undoubtedly, there would have to be some type of chemical difference. So, just yeah. what we were talking about with uh, all the different UV. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I say real science pretty easily. Now, can I explain the real science? Not beyond what we have here, but I, I would say, I'd say that 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 would be an interesting um, study to do or look at for sure. Sure, and all you that know. stuff's coming. Oh, that's all. One hundred percent, all that's coming. I mean, even with DLI, that's lighting innovations, which is a uh, uh, you know, company that I, I've got some association with, you know, they're getting white papers done on the UV unit that I was talking about, Sure, you know, at, at the university there in, in Holland on cannabis, you know what I mean? So that's going to be something that's pretty rare that people haven't seen before, you know, in this industry. And that's going to be happening more and more without a doubt. I mean, even, doesn't even CSU have some kind of like cannabis degree or something cool. yeah yeah like i don't think it's a major for you but it's like something it ought to be I but, mean, but the only places in agriculture you can still make money well and again i mean it's, it's you know it's it's true horticulture and really what it would be it would you would want that out of like the 
the floriculture department, really. So it's still going to be out of horticulture, not necessarily plant science. Right. And, you know, and out of greenhouse management, floriculture, like that area was where I think it would make the most sense to really meld those things together so you could put people out into the market that are ready to go into commercial cannabis and actually, you know, run a greenhouse, run a grow facility, you know, know the, the types of controls and fertigation and things like that. So since we're just bullshitting, man, horticulture, floriculture, agronomy, and... What was the last one? What was the last one? Um, agriculture, we'll call it. Or I, I mean, I would say agriculture would be the the the, yeah, the largest one. You know, that's the overarching term. Agronomy and horticulture, which are, can be a really fine line there. And really, I would say floriculture is is a a branch of floriculture. Just grow flowers for money. Yeah, grow flowers for money for okay. basically floriculture. And really, the the deal with horticulture is it has more human touch. And it has more inputs and more high dollar inputs into it. So cannabis is undoubtedly a horticultural gotcha. plant. Whereas agronomic plants are things like corn, wheat, sorghum, yeah. things like that. <laughs> that you have a lot of mechanization and not near as many inputs and not near as much actual physical <clears throat> touch. Right. The physical touch aspect is actually one. So even something like, you know, um, vegetables grown on one acre versus vegetable grown on a thousand acres. Well, one's really going to be truly more horticultural product and one a more agronomic product, or even something more more specific like uh, sweet corn and field corn, both corn. One's a horticultural crop, one's, one's an agronomic crop. Yeah. So hemp was the you know they don't when they're talking about corn, they're not talking about sweet corn. They're no, no, about dead corn. we're talking about yeah exactly dead corn, feed corn, absolutely yeah, like one percent of corn. now now even even within our world, hemp would be agronomy, right cannabis would be horticulture and that's kind of i've always used that you know cannabis for you know thc basically sure. and and then and even though we all would know it's a lot more than that but anyway and then hemp being you know the more it's commercial cousin yeah really the more agronomic product which again you know there i mean i'm interested to see him come up and really have its day somewhere i can see you know here's the problem we did it all for biomass originally here in the u.s didn't really have the mechanization or the ability to really do a whole lot with it. And then people are like, oh, well, textiles. So that's all cool, but you have to grow it differently, yeah. right? It's a totally different... And by the way, we don't make any textiles in this country anymore. <laughs> so like, you know, our manufacturing ability, right, which is what limits our ability to use hemp, you know? So now like when I was over in Spain, I saw a lot more real work talking yeah. about in hemp and things like that because you have countries that are still, wow, you know, yeah, manufacturing their own shit. You know, and you think about even a, t a country like Germany, which is looking to go legal here pretty quick. Um, that could really change the game in, in you know, cannabis mechanization, but even more specifically maybe in the, the hemp world. I don't know. It'll be, I mean, my friends over there say, once Germany goes, you'll see the Czech Republic go really quickly after that. Um, and and there'll be, you know, two or three countries right around there that'll sure. pretty quickly go. And the whole of Europe pretty well looks at Europe, or sorry, at Germany, you know, for kind of like, well, if Germany's doing it, sure. you know, or whatever. He's straight in Germany, no? Uh, Austria would be the other, the third one that would come in. Yeah, they are fairly straight. That would be the last place. Yeah, there's a lot more than you think going on there. Was it a really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've got, so 5-8 yeah, has this. about Germany. 5-8 <laughs> uh, has distribution, and Millennium's distributed into, uh, into Austria, Spain, and the UK. Um, so there's, you know, there's there's a decent amount going on over there, believe it or not. But again, when, specifically when it comes to hemp, I think, you know, in like country like Germany, I think it could be really interesting if they, if they get on board. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of the places where it's inexpensive to grow stuff, like China. Well, sure, or really, here's the thing. If people people don't realize this. You can kind of follow the cut flower industry, and I, I made this realization as I was in Colombia. As I'm down there, and I'm like, holy shit. Because really, when you see, and they also have trade agreements with a lot of Europe and things like that. So think about the cut flower industry, and let's talk about where it went. Right? Just real quick, do I send cut flowers from Colombia? Yes. And there was a whole cocaine ring going on there back in the day, was Oh, yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I remember that. Definitely. Back in the day in South Florida, you get flowers on the street, uh, just dozen rows for five bucks. You're like, why is every street just loaded with five-dollar roses? <laughs> well, because the real stuff had already been, yeah. been shuttled away. But, but like, so the cut flower industry really started in Europe, Holland specifically, then moved to California, and then, and then kind of moved south even, I think, there was a bit of time in Mexico, and now it's really in Colombia. And that's as much a labor cost thing as anything. So if you hear about how, if you think cannabis following the same trail. Dude, you say labor costs, man. I'm sorry. Banner went to, I think, San Diego, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Was it San Diego? Somewhere around there. (laughs) Now Tito's pissed off. Grandpa, play the gong, will you? Call it the gong when he has to let the dog head out. (laughs) All right, hang on, man. It was oh, he was uh, it was ten dollars and fifty cents for a taco, and I'm like, dude, good luck trying to get people to work when it's ten dollars and fifty cents a taco. No, you know what I mean? Like, good luck trying to produce anything in a fair price if that's the living little yeah. wage. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of people have been you know <laughs> leaving to some of these western states. Is it's just kind of very expensive. You know what I mean? So, so uh, obviously, you know, with something like cannabis and any horticultural product sure. you know where you need hands you need human hands becomes more and more difficult you know what i mean so uh i mean yeah it's uh and i think that's why even you know talking about things like road dots of recharging two-part system when you have you know a lot of people that are very new growers in high level growing situations which basically have a few people that are managing it that are the only people that really know anything, keeping it as simple as possible is of massive advantage. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Because I I know, you know, even, especially commercially with New Millennium, that at times has been the, you know, it's like, well, I love the stuff, but, uh, you know, I don't know if I trust my people to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I get it. I mean. Yo, I get confused when I'm mixing Grow Micro and Bloom and I'd be like, dude, did I, did I put that one in yet? Like, damn, I better start over again. <laughs> you <don't>, right? <laughs> you know? I'll tell you what, it gets to the last bro bro science or real science, and that is the more is this bro science or real science? The more you spend on fertilizer, the bigger and better your harvest will be. So this is very clearly, obviously, just stupid bro science. Sure. Like this was this has been debunked for a long time. And, and, hey, it and, doesn't mean that people don't do it. I no, see no. people all I, I see people all the time. But there's no there's no silver bullet to it. I mean, I could give people a new millennium and say, you know, here's the directions. Well, if they're not following the directions or more specifically don't have a good environment, don't have good lighting, don't have good genetics. Yep. You know what I mean? All those. Are, are a grower that knows what they're doing. And, and I've said this so many times on the show over the years. It's like if one through four is not put together, number five, which is nutrients, you might as well just piss on your plate because it's not going to be any difference. Right. You have to have that stuff. So now if you have that stuff together and you do spend money on quality stuff. I, I do believe you can see the difference, but I also, I think it's also not necessary in all situations. You know what I mean? And I think that 
what you use has a lot to do with what your goals are. You know, if your goals are just to produce medicine the easiest you can in a very small situation, sure. because well, here's some options here. Agreed. If if you've got more time and you're really looking to push phenotypic expression or you're a hash maker or so well maybe that's something a little bit different maybe that maybe that means you're using a few other high-end additives or say, and that's fine use things because they work yeah don't just use things because they make you feel good it's not that hard to do a b testing where you do it to half your room and don't do it to the other half absolutely i just think that's important it's called the scientific method it's what got us out of the dark well, it is. It's, 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 and what, what is science? Science is a, a reduction of variables or more specifically an isolation of variables, you know, and obviously not all variables can be isolated, but I agree with you. We can all do a side by side and I encourage people to do so. The reason I have the conviction I do with New Millennium and the products that I sell is because I use them right. and I've seen the difference. I was growing gooder before. There's no doubt about that, but I'm growing yeah, better right now. Right there. You know, so that's, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's, it, you know, that, that, that's just what helps kind of level the playing field a little bit, but it also lets somebody know that, because as you well know, the whole process, you know, it's not just knowing your nutrients. Again, it is having a proper environment, pruning properly, harvesting properly, trimming properly, drying properly. Sure. You know, when I bring this stuff around and people are like, wait a minute, this is in Colorado and it's not just total crisp mix. How'd you do that? <laughs> Happens all the time, by the way. Um, how did you dry this huge out here? Dry is huge out here. Right. And so you have to be careful about it. So I do some things with drying that, and by the way, I don't do a 66 or anything like that because I don't have the capability to. I if, if I did have the capability, that's what I would do. Um, but mine's all pretty well touch and feel, and it's going to change season to season. If it's raining, it's going to have to dry longer. Sure. If it's not, I mean, if it's been hot day, so it's like I it's woo, it's tough to dry here in Colorado. Yeah. But it's incredibly important. And if you over dry it, I don't believe in being able to really take anything back. Plus. If, if you're over drying and drying it too fast, it typically means that it's a little bit too warm, which means you're also losing any of those beautiful terpenes that are just super volatile with any little bits of heat, which that's why a lot of people try, you know, the fresh frozen thing, they're trying to capture those volatile, there's more, those more volatile terp uh, terpenes, which I like, but I just, I don't know. Ain't any easy dry. Point is, it's not easy drying in Colorado. But again, if you can show somebody a bud, they're like, all right, feel that. You know, like that's got... That's that's uh month six to weeks old. Waste anymore? I don't know. That, that might be a canceled word. I don't know. But you, you you feel that, and it's like there's no crunch to it. But you could pull that bottom bottom bud off, and it would snap it's right tight. off the stem. It is moist, right? As so it's like a good so you way. can't hear anything. There's no crackling as it going, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it, but it's okay. Off. But it snaps and, off, and we smoked a joint of it. For me, the proof is when you smoke a joint of it. Totally. I Are mean, you bastardizing those trichomes? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> trichomes. Because that's the other thing, right? It is. This game is about trichrome preservation as much as anything else. And what degrades sure. it? Friction, heat, mm -hmm. sunlight, things like that. When you harvest it, basically the only thing you can do is is screw it up from here on out. Oh, yeah. The, the best thing you can do is try and... and, and because there is also a half-life to THC. So it's going to be degrading anyway. But... You want to degrade it as less, at least about possible as you can in handling and storage and things like that. Well, bro science or real science, have you ever seen people leave their plants in the dark after they're done? Just leave them in there and you know, until they're ready to harvest? I I have. I have. Um, I mean... Bro science? I think it's bro science. I You know, I, I like... That one, again, I find it tough to find any any 
horticultural significance sure. that action sure you know what i mean um but i do think like it, it like if you don't want to run the lights for a couple extra days and you're like you know what these are pretty much done with but you, you could have mold problems if you're not keeping things yeah that's what i'm thinking you know, um, again, I'll sometimes do yeah, that for the last 12 or 24 hours when I know that, hey, these are the last three plants I'm doing. Sure. I'm not going to have another on-site. I'm not going to leave them in the dark. But I'm not really doing it because I think it's putting out any different expressions. I'm just doing it to try and and, and capture that, that nice zone of, of sure. pre, pre-dawn pre harvest kind of thing. It's just more of a harvesting thing for me than it is a phenotypic expression thing. It makes sense, brother. Hey, I think we got through. Did we get through all these? Oh, my God. Hey, I enjoyed it, and I learned a lot. If I Good. learned a lot, hopefully the DGC learned a lot. I hope so. I mean, again, I, I do enjoy putting this stuff out there, and I, you know, I'm sure I threw some different terms out there. People do have questions beyond what I've thrown out there. Um, maybe I know, maybe I don't, but you're more than welcome to throw out a question. I think you guys pretty much know where to find me. Just J-E-R-I-N at, uh, uh, on, on Instagram. I think it's underscore H underscore or something like that, but... There's, a, there's not a lot of JDRNs out there. So love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'll find me. Oh, okay. that's a show, Taryn. That's a show, man. Seems uh, yeah. We'll figure it out. You might miraculously be back in the same t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for hanging out. Absolutely brother. no, thank you. I, uh, I, I always did. appreciate all the love from the DGC as well. Um, you know, it's always good coming and hanging and I do I do appreciate spreading knowledge and and uh, you know, Keep growing, everybody. Just keep doing your thing. Absolutely. Put the love out there. Remember, positive thoughts around the plants. It matters. It does matter. I'm convinced of that. I called it hippy dippy one time. The love in her eyes, and she, I didn't think it was a good thing to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sometimes going to take things back. Yeah, yeah. That was one of them. Hey, yeah, it ain't hippy dippy, man. It's re- <laughs> it's real hippy. It's genuine hippy. <laughs> nah, I'm just having for. All right, y'all. Take it easy. Grambo, thank you so much. Dude, we miss you. Have fun out there on the road, dude. Yeah, have fun driving through Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) Jared, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. All right, brother. Actually, take it easy, dude. Take it easy, dude. (laughs)